0: The goal of this podcast is to give that back to you to start building the exact body and life that you know you're capable of. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode.
1: what is going on, dude?
0: How you doing, Jeremiah?
1: Good, bro. How you doing?
0: I am doing well, man. I just got off of another podcast. Now I'm hopping on here with you. How's your day going so far?
1: It's been good, dude. Um, I feel like I haven't done a lot yet today. I basically just submitted my physique development check-in. And here we are, how's,
0: uh, how's the house being <clears throat> in the house? Now that you guys are all settled and it's and good, good,
1: dude. I feel like we're still not like settled at all. There's just really, this like, is a fucking mess. Yeah. Uh, mostly just focus on like we got, I hadn't actually painted other stuff. Whatever. To try to avoid painting. Um, uh, Katie painted a bunch of shit, uh, focus on the garage is coming along nicely. Uh, I the, saw the that. yeah, dude. <laughs> getting there um no it's it's been good man i've we, we've really liked having our house but yeah, i feel like there's still so much here we have to do
0: um like did you guys buy it and like have a lot of stuff like that you're trying to fix up in it or is it like was it pretty much all done and good and you're happy with it or what's that like it's
1: not like major things it's basically just painting or like we're getting our backyard redone so landscape so like the landscapers are supposed to start this week i think um i mean just minor things like that it's nothing that like we need to completely redo it but there are definitely a couple things where like like there's like my room is blue this office is blue you can't really tell yeah. on the camera <laughs> or like there are a bunch of like yellow and green rooms um yeah. so just shit like that but nothing too major
0: when we first moved into when we bought our first house like Four or five years ago when we first got married, there was a wall separating the kitchen and the like family living room, the TV room. Mm. And I went in and just knocked that bitch out <laughs> all by myself one day. Let's go. <laughs> and I completely screwed up all of the, like, uh, the wiring, the electric. Oh, shit. So we moved into our house, I knocked down that wall, and then we didn't have power in our front living room and kitchen for like, I think it was like three weeks until we could get an electrician there to come fix everything that I messed up
1: you didn't like notice that time all the wiring and whatnot
0: well i knew it was there i just thought i knew what i was doing and i had no foreign. idea yeah i just had like a big old one of those big hammers i can't think of what they're called right now oh, yeah. just knocking the walls out and uh yeah i screwed it all up but then we had to go through and repaint the whole place and everything too And that's the biggest pain in the ass in the world dude i hate painting Oh dude,
1: I hate painting so much. That's what like okay well, Katie's been painting. I've been like whatever I can do to avoid it. Like I like pulled this, I busted this. There was this little like grill set thing where they had like built this plaster, this like plaster countertop that just looked awful they had built. So I was like busting that out, and then okay, so I like put this outside. We have like this big trash up. There. Everyone listening is like, what the fuck is this? we have like this big trash pickup like once a month in our neighborhood where you like put all your stuff outside and it's like t- two weeks from now so it's like whatever i'm just gonna go ahead and put this out there like landscaper coming to the ones in the yard and yesterday morning there was hella notes on there like your disregard for the neighbor is so disappointed <laughs> and all this shit and it was like this belongs to unit 84 which is like where unit 72 is. so they were like some, someone pissed. was like putting these notes like pinning it on someone else like saying it was, like, from this other house and shit. So, damn, okay. It's so like, just uh, hire a Facebook marketplace to come grab it. But, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. We're, um, we're in the talks of potentially, not, like, right now or anything, but we want to build a house in, like, the next year yeah. or two as well. So we're in the
1: similar in situation. Idaho out, or
0: so that we have not figured out yet. We're, we're not going to go back, like, to Idaho. So, like, my hometown is right on the border of Idaho and Utah. Uh, Like I'm on the Idaho side, obviously, but it's literally like five minutes into Idaho and then like a big town. Like, so there's Logan, which is like Cache Valley. And then there's Preston, which is on the the border. Logan's like 30 minutes away from Mm -hmm. Preston. And so we're talking about like, if we want to stay in St. George, long-term and, and do something here, buy something here and move back up to the Cache Valley area. Again, like not to Preston, but to Logan, the bigger area Um, there, like in Northern Utah, as opposed to Southern Utah. I just, I don't like the heat, dude. I hate the, like the summer was so hard being 115 to 120 degrees. (laughs) (laughs) I could not do it. Like it just didn't feel like I just didn't love it. Like I like to get up in the afternoons and go outside and go for walks, like stressed out and stuff. You know what I mean? Like taking a break, resetting and I just couldn't do it. Like I was, I'm just so much just so I could probably get used to it. Maybe it's some of it just being a baby and I don't want to get used to it. So I'm kind of pushing to go back to, to Northern Utah. Plus we have kids and like, I love like our grand like our grandparents and stuff don't get to see the kids. And like, I want them to be able to see the kids more often, like my mom and dad. And like, you know what I mean with Charlie and yeah. and things like that, and so kid, I guess we've got a kid. I was gonna say, <laughs> what happened last? Month? <laughs> no, no. We have a kid. Hopefully, we'll have another kid <laughs> one of these days. But um, so yeah, like just like taking all of that into consideration, I personally would like to, like, if I got to choose, I would probably head back somewhere close to that way, like not go back to our hometown, but be within like a thirty to sixty minute drive of our hometown to have family a little bit closer and just be in that environment right. as opposed to down here. But my wife loves it here. So we'll see what's going to happen as far as that goes. I don't know yet. It's TBD.
1: I appreciate. Uh, have you looked at land?
0: Yeah. Land's a hell of a lot cheaper up there than it is down here too. So that's another right. driving factor. Land's expensive at this point too, but like with the economy and just where it's at <laughs> and everything, it's a good investment at the moment to property is like houses, it can be dicey, but just land by itself can be good. So who knows? But yeah, we've been looking, I've been calling and talking with realtors and the whole game.
1: Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you still want to like build a shop and whatnot where you can have a gym basically or no?
0: Yeah. So that's another part of the reason that I would kind of like to go back is because finance wise, it's, it, it's a little bit easier there. It makes more sense. Like it's not as big of a risk, like full transparency. I could afford to do it there or here right now. You know what I mean? But um, that's part of it. Like there's buildings there that I know that I really, really want that are all set up that I could go into that are decently cheap and are a good size and like have the office space to set up the podcast studio, the office as well as like a small gym off the back of it. Um, Like that's part of it that pushes me to go back to, is I know I can go there and place it in with no stress at all. As opposed mm-hmm. to doing it here it 's a little bit more expensive, again right. I can do it, but it 's just going to like add that little bit more stress of it um, that 'll make it a little bit harder, and i probably won 't really get to build it out exactly how I want to, as opposed to going back up that way. I know that I can so yeah it 's definitely still a goal. One thing for me, working from home, like with Charlie, my daughter, and wife, like your wife goes to, or your girlfriend goes to work every single day, right, and so like you guys right. aren 't around each other all day every day. I my wife and daughter are home every single day with me and like we Relationships need a little bit of that space and like time to like miss each other You know what right. I mean? To so like fully enjoy the time you get to spend together and sometimes we all end up spending way too much time together And I know my wife looks at me. She's like you got to get the hell out of the house. So that's a goal. That's definitely a goal All
1: right, fair enough. I can appreciate that um, No, that's on the same way dude. I think about like I'm never going to move back to Nebraska, but that's like, I think sometimes I fall off. Like we could, I could like have that building right now. And it's, I feel it, man. Yeah. Uh, Vegas, dude. Are we doing that?
0: I, um, I hope so. Is Tristan uh, on board?
1: I feel like Tristan's the one that was like, Hey, are you guys, are you guys going to, are we good on these dates? And no one else responded.
0: Oh, I, uh, I was out of town when he sent that. I remember him sending that and I forgot yeah, the do actually...
1: your ever text work when her working out of town I forget that.
0: Yeah, they don't I I don't pay attention to it. But um I would like to. Yeah, let's go. I'm down whenever you guys are ready. You tell me <laughs> to when. Vegas? I, I don't want to go to Vegas. <laughs> I just said that cuz I didn't know of anywhere else. But I'm down. I think that we should all meet up and we should do something. I would love to meet up.
1: I <laughs> I don't want to go to Vegas.
0: I'll even come to to Phoenix. I mean, we could go we could literally go anywhere. We just got to get Tristan on board. I, th- I feel like you're down. I'm down. If we can just get Tristan in it too, let's do it.
1: Cool. All right. We'll make it happen. Anyways, you need to some questions.
0: Yeah. You got a few?
1: I do. First one I have, worst client experiences you've ever had?
0: Worst client experiences. I haven't really had like any that have been like super negative, I guess. I I guess I always just try to spin them in more of a positive light regardless. I've definitely had clients that I've worked with that I've um, let go of because like we just weren't the best fit and I knew letting them go off on their own was probably a better situation. And then like, I, I definitely had some clients, I guess, where maybe I felt cheated a little bit in some form of ways. Like, I've worked with some other coaches in the past who have come in to work with me, um, mm-hmm. one-to-one for the training and their nutrition. And then like they'll ghost, you know and, like? We all like in the training and nutrition, like coaching others, like there's always going to be a small percentage of people that will potentially ghost they, Like just don't follow right. through with like, they Which want so it. Weird. Yeah. They want it, but they don't truly need it. And it's, And it doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen sometimes. And like Mm -hmm. the people that that's happened with who have been, I've had a couple of people that's happened with that's been coaches themselves. And that's always just rubbed me super, super wrong because like they, we as coaches, if we're going in to be clients for other coaches, like we should be the standard in my opinion, right. right? Like this is an industry because of us in the first place. And like, if you're not walking the walk as much as talking the talk, then in my opinion, you don't deserve to be walking the walk in the first place. Like you're kind of a fraud. And so like, that's where my mind goes with that one is I've had a couple of those experiences. Like I'm not going to go into too much detail with it, but as far as worst client experiences, it's, it's just been that kind of thing <clears throat> happening, but like negative experiences with clients and like turning into blowups or anything like that. I've honestly never really truly had anything super negative, any ever really happened with somebody just because as I'm sure you're the same, like you're always solution-based, right? Like you're the yeah. leader of the, if a if a client experience is going to go negative, like it it's on, like I always look at it as that's on me. That's my responsibility yeah. to keep this positive for this person mm-hmm. they're investing into me. So I'm going to exhaust every avenue I can for them. And if it doesn't work out, like I can't emotionally attach myself to that or let that be my problem because I've I've held up my end of the bargain and I just kind of leave it, at that I don't allow it to go any further than that what what about you
1: I'd agree man I think that I put it I try to put it all myself rather than I think if you're always in the like if you're a coach and you're always in the mindset of like oh my fucking clients like this person and this person they're not doing this and they're not doing this mm-hmm. probably a lot of that's on you right it's like yeah the coach of a football team and the team is always losing yeah maybe there's some three athletes but two like it's probably a lot on the coach um that is an interesting what you said about like coaches signing up they just ghost that is something that has like always blown my mind when someone will will like again because it's not cheap someone will sign up pay and then like literally just disappear (laughs) don't respond to emails yo. i don't i just don't like that that blows my mind and it is a very interesting thing with coaches too man because i would say that like I think we both work with a decent amount of coaches and it is kind of like a, either they crush it or they're literally like one of your least adherent clients, which is such a weird thing. And it's not like you're not a bad person if you're not a good client, but I will say that like for whatever reason, I've seen that a lot too. It's like either they're killing it or, and I would say a lot of times too, it's like uh, coaches that don't, like haven't done a lot with their nutrition in the past. Maybe they focus more on training and like you're trying like they're starting to understand the words of it, but they're still like extremely not inherent. That's always been a very surprising thing for me too. I get it. Like that, that drives me crazy to think about, like for me, like always thinking, okay, am I training the way that I told my clients to train? Am I am I being a client the way that I am like telling my clients to be? yeah client that sentence doesn't make sense expecting really
0: of what are you being yeah. a client the way that you expect your your clients to be a, yeah i get it i totally get it
1: that's what i was talking about like ifca even with you which is like business not um my training nutrition but still like like monday i have a check-in for that and i had like talked to uh my coach basically but, and so we were on the same page but like monday at like 10 30 at night i was like in bed about to fall asleep and i was like fuck oh, forgot to fill my FCA check-in. It's like, oh, I can push it back. And it's like, no, dude. Like, I, I, have, I set these strict expectations for my clients with how they're going to submit their check-ins. Like, mm-hmm. I have to follow through with this as well. So it's like, God damn it. So get up, fill it out. But I mean, again, like, that's so important for you as a coach to, to be upholding the standard, basically. You can't expect your clients to do things that you're not doing. Um,
0: and you're not going to be ahead. as confident in your services, like, You're not going to be as confident as a coach and doing what you're doing for your clients. Like if you're not holding up that agreement for yourself, if you're working with another coach, you know what I mean? Like it, it's all a trickle effect, man. It all works down the domino, right? Uh Like even for me, like when I'm invested, just as we were talking about before, when I'm invested into a mentor or a coach and paying a good amount of money that, that stings a little bit, like put my back up against the wall, I'm going to perform 10 times better. Right and, but, like, if I go into it and I don't follow through with what I'm doing, and I almost feel a bit like a fraud, like that those same feelings and emotions they trickle down, regardless if you know they do or not, subconsciously, like you're going to get what you receive essentially, and so like i I just think it's important
1: oh, no, absolutely, that's like the same thing with like the, the check in like it's like i I can just submit it tomorrow morning, it's like, okay, the goal the expectation is it's submitted Monday. I can't have all these conversations about like, yo, you can't submit your check late and not pull, not like a full this myself. Even if it's not related to my training and nutrition at all, like Damn. the standard has to be there. Um I would say as far as worst client experiences, and again, I would say just because you might be a bad client, it's not at all like you're a bad person or anything like that. Um I had a girl that I was coaching spit on me once in person. <laughs> I was in I was, Bit? Yeah. I wasn't <laughs> very happy about that one.
0: <laughs> Intentionally.
1: Yeah, she was just upset that I was making her do the back extension. I It was, <laughs> yeah, that, that was definitely, yeah, that was definitely, and I think she, like, thought it was funny, but it was like, hey, don't ever do that again. How,
0: yeah, how'd you I respond? That's what <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I literally said,
1: don't ever do that again. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't like, uh, that was, that was kind of a crazy situation. She had had like, a lot, like, her backstory was pretty crazy, but. Uh, Sounds it was like cool. it. We don't need to get an island too much. I would say, though, really, like, uh, again, it's a lot on. I try to look at what can I do to make the client more adherent. I would say, really, the only time I'm ever super frustrated with clients is, like, uh, when someone's not adhering to the systems, like, if someone comes in and tries to change. The system right so it's like hey I don't want to fill this out or like hey we have like we have a strict email policy with clients outside of like I have a couple of clients going through PBS right now and that's like I'll text them morning and night they'll shoot me like checking pictures and um, photos etc that's the same thing wait that's <laughs> what I'm saying um, but I like so like hey I'm gonna text instead of email or like really like someone coming in not filling out the tracker and I'm so like on the initial call, I'll say, if you don't fill out this tracker, you're going to waste a lot of money and you won't get the r- results, right? Like I make that so clear. But then, and this is very rare that this happens anymore. Like I don't have any clients right now that aren't filling out that shit super consistently, but I would say like in the past, like if a client has like not filled out their tracker and like doesn't respond to my follow-up questions in their check-in, but will just like submit a check-in with like a couple words to answer each thing like once a week to, like, tick that box but then I'm like getting back the follow-up questions they're not filling out the tracker they're not tracking their food then it's like yo like you're giving me like just enough so I know you're still here but there is literally no data here for me to make any adjustments off of right so it's like a I think when when people get stuck in that loop that's frustrating that said again I think a lot of that is I probably didn't do a good enough job setting expectations with those people right so like you as a coach again it's like well, what can I learn from this? So for me, it's we have to be very, very clear. If the trackers aren't filled out, we're not a good fit. And I think a lot of times too, like in the past with clients like that, I was coming from a position where I needed clients, right? Like it was like, fuck, I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna lose, do if I like am losing yeah. clients right now. Whereas now I think we're both on a place where like, like I had a dude two weeks ago where we had a conversation. Like, listen, man, basically like it's okay if this isn't your priority right now but this is like these are my expectations this is what i have to have you do to help you if you can't consistently do that going forward we're not a good fit to work together anymore he decided like yeah you're right dude like i don't think i can met this right now and this like, okay that's fine right right like i have a wait list like there's someone else that is stoked to use that but <laughs> i think that's some of that too is like just like the i think sometimes it gets exaggerated like just like the prep like if you are in the place where it's like i need clients i think that like the pressure of that like adds something else to it as well
0: 100 percent. i mean i could agree i could relate to that big time in terms of at one point in my career i needed like i would take on anybody i don't care like what you needed oh, yeah, for me same. how you wanted it done like i was going to cater everything to you and in the long term like that's not a sustainable business plan, and you're not going to be able to help as many people and, and truly get them to where they, they want to be long-term, right? So I'm in that same stage now. Like when I get on a – even on a strategy call with people and having conversation, and the goal of that before I even working with them is really just to get an understanding if you're even a good fit for what it is right. that, that I do and how I help people. And I make that very clear with people. And listen, like if you're not a good fit, like I'm going to – To tell you that and I'll recommend you to somebody else if I can or or help you however I can but if I can't help you like there's no sense in either of us wasting our time and bringing you on And, and now like this stage of my career. I actually tell people that Like, I get on a call with them and have that conversation and I'll, I'll turn people away or say, go try this for the next four to eight weeks and see if it works for you. And Then reach back out if you need help. And some people will do that and then we'll say, okay, like this does make sense. Like let's move forward. And some people just aren't in a mental space to, to start. And back in the day, I probably would have took those people on and just been frustrated mm-hmm. with them because I needed it as opposed to now there's a little bit more abundancy there, if that makes sense to where it's just, you don't have to deal with that as much. So like the, the longer that I do it, the more strict that I guess I've gotten, and like the more my um, expectations of clients have risen, so that I don't run into as many negative experiences with clients. Which is super fortunate. Like if you're a coach listening to this, that just comes with time. Like if you're taking on clients right now because you need clients, like you got to do what you got to do, and you got to gain experience. But the longer that you go and you stick with it, and you get four, five, six, seven years down the road, if you're doing things correctly, you'll get to a point to where you'll be in that same position too
1: it is interesting how it evolves man I think that like I also think though probably every coach has to almost go through that period of time where it is like (laughs) fuck like this is just gonna be a grind I'm gonna have to like really really get outside of my comfort zone and push to like help as many as people as I can um but it is weird too how things evolve to where like I think we both this has happened definitely to both of us where like it's you are a lot less concerned about like well i hope i don't accidentally say something to upset these people and like they leave right but it's and like as a as a result of you like being able to just be focused on i want to be the best coach possible i need to like tell these people what they need to hear rather than want to hear people get a lot better results as well right like i used to be so scared of hurting my clients feelings whereas like I've told so many people to shit or get off the pot within like the last month where it's like, but people, it's not like saying, just be a dick to your clients, but like you as a coach, again, I think like if you're not having those hard conversations people are like,
0: you're not here to be anyone's friend. Right. Yeah. Or, your, your, your job is to be honest.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like,
0: and a lot of times it
1: is just like, <sighs> I think that in the past too, I've gone a little bit too far down. Like, Motivational interviewing and like all this, whereas a lot of times people do just need someone to almost like call them out on like, "Yo, your actions don't align with your goals." This is (laughs) and basically again like, do it or don't, but like quit have asking it, right? It's it's an interesting thing, man. Um, Speaking of that, (laughs) the other day Katie was like, "Jazz is brutal in his Q and (laughs) A's." I was I just was I was meaning to bring that up before this. It's like, dude, I was reading through Chaz's Q&A the other day. It's like, he's hard on people. <laughs> I cracked him oh, out yeah. so much.
0: That, I mean, that is true. I, I tried to do it, like, be brutally honest, but, like, brutally honest in a kind of mean but, like, joking way. Like, it's a little bit sarcastic, you know what I mean? But at the same time, yeah, like people asking questions, like a lot of people have questions and like they're, I, I could give them a soft answer, right? Like an easy, soft answer that they're getting everywhere else so I could tell them what they truly need to hear. And I know like followers, whoever it is, if you're asking questions, like you might as well get the brutal honesty from me, right? And honestly, like, I've picked up a lot of clients from those types of Q and A's. And when I get on phone calls with people, they're always like, you're just like to the point and very honest about yeah. like your answers and very just straightforward. Like you're not, you're a no bullshit type of guy. And so, yeah, that's turned, I was always the same way. I was very much a people pleaser. I, I'm not like a dick with clients or anything like that. You are, I haven't been told that yet. I think that I've had like one or two people ever tell me that I'm a dick that I've worked with, but, um, but yeah, like, I just think it's important. I think when it comes to this and your goals and fitness and, and whatnot, like, and your nutrition and making sure your actions align with your goals, like you said, like, people need honesty. They don't need sugarcoating. You know what I mean? So I hear you. My That's wife like- says the same thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's easy to, like, as a coach, especially with what you see out there, to think that, like, Everyone just needs to be told like, hey, just love yourself. It's okay. There's always next week. And there is, again, like you have to meet the client where they're at. There are probably some people where it's like we need to meet them there. I know there's a couple of clients where it's it's very context dependent. But what most people are missing in their life is not this like, oh, hey, it's okay. You'll like do better next week. You'll do better next year, right? Like that's literally what everyone around you is telling you yeah. already, right? Most people are missing this like, no, these are your goals. Your actions don't align with this. Like, if this is what you want, this is bullshit, right? Like you have to, you know the to phrase it exactly like that. But that's like the thing that most people are missing. Not just another like, oh, just forgive yourself and like it's it's okay. You know, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I think there's a yeah. There's I agree with you. There's a fine line for sure, but there's a fine line, and there's there's those two different types of individuals, right? Like there's those individuals that have big goals that are too soft on themselves and they need that kind of love. And then there are also people too that will come in that are um, when they come in, like they're being too hard on themselves and they need to give themselves a little bit more self-love. Like there's both ends of the spectrum. One of my questions is always like, what kind of coaching do you feel like you need? Do you need somebody like to be super hard on you? Do you need somebody to like be super soft on you or do you need mm-hmm. something in the middle? You know what I mean? And normally like whatever people fill out, interesting enough like they need the opposite yeah I, I don't know why that happens but but yeah like we get going and like I always keep that in mind and I even keep it like on their trackers like what kind of coaching they were looking for and I start out that way with them and That's like we have to yeah kind of just like start out that way with them and if they're not responding I just will subtly adjust like my tone and and directness with them or whatever that may be going into either spectrum And like a lot of the time it's super interesting, but again, like you'll see their actions start to align as I start to adjust the coaching style to the opposite of what they said they needed.
1: Oh, for sure. That that is, that is one of the interesting things about coaching too. Like the communication is truly such a big piece of it. And that's like, if a client client is not responding, you have to shift the way that you're communicating. Right. And I know even for me, it's even like, do I send them, a video message or do I send them a written message right do I go super in depth or is it like let's literally try to keep this as short as possible there is so much variability so again like this isn't us saying just be a dick to all of your clients if you are a coach listening but
0: I think it's saying like sometimes it's needed though like sometimes like not being a dick but like sometimes like if you're trying to be soft and it's not working I think the take-home message is like switch it up try to be a little bit more direct and see if it changes the response from your client. Again, they don't, they don't have to love you. They just have to respond to the way that you're communicating to them. If you're doing that, like you're going to build a very successful, long-term business. If you always just try to be one dimensional, like you're going to have to wait for those perfect clients to come in to get them results, which is probably going to be 20% as opposed to being able to flip that and get it to 80% by being adaptable.
1: Absolutely. I don't think I have anything else out there, dude.
0: Me either. Question numero dos. When is a deload necessary?
1: Um, for deloads, I typically, this is an interesting one, actually. The way I've been training lately, we don't deload. Like in the traditional sense, we just, um, and I've been changing the way I approach the clients a little bit as well. Basically, we just change the stimuli that we're chasing, right? Because it's basically like where we have fee, we have strength, and we have Um, metabolic which is basically like pushing along your cardiovascular system to an extent um, it depends on the phase there as well but basically then it's when you need to deload you need to deload from this one specific stimuli right so we're deloading you from hypertrophy by pushing you into a neurological phase or a metabolic phase so your body is still like getting pushed hard it's just we're chasing a different adaptation that your body isn't used to chasing. So you're fresh when you're going to that and was simultaneously deloading from this other adaptation that the stimuli was so high in. Um, so I would say I would deload a lot less frequently. It used to be like every four weeks clients have to deload. And then it turned into like every six weeks clients have to deload. Now what I'll say is with my clients that do um, still like consistently deload, typically I'm just looking at how is the logbook progressing and then their biofeedback. Really, I think the primary thing is just your motivation to train, right? I think that I think that very few people actually take it to the point where it's like, fuck, I am just absolutely like smashed. I like I would train, but my body's just running to the ground, right? And like performance is actually starting to deteriorate. I think very few people take it to that point. Most people just get to the point where it's like mentally. I just need a little bit of time away from hard training in order to push hard again. And honestly, I think like you could just look at motivation to train uh, over the course of a week. Cause if it's like, Hey, there was one day where I was unmotivated to train, like you'll probably have a day like that every week. But yeah. if it's like consistently down, I think that's probably the best sign.
0: I would agree with that 100%. I think that's a super smart way to look at it. Like, again, like looking at my own deloads and everything too, I'm t- basically gauging deloads off of like when i'm just to the point where like going to the gym is the last thing that i want to do like if i'm right. to that point like okay the best thing that i could do is probably take a few days off just away from going because taking away f- taking time away from it is going to build me back into a position to where i'm going to want it again like anything you get too much of you kind of get sick of so pulling back on that a little bit in my opinion is what puts you in a position to want it again and like continue to to desire it and so I would agree with that 100%. In terms of how I structure deloads as well, it's a little bit simpler than what you just mentioned, but some clients I'll still like run through a a phase to like maybe where we're starting even in week one of a block and we're starting up close to like an RPE eight or a nine. And we're just pushing that and trying to progress lifts around that RPE eight or nine range on a week to week basis. And then by like week four or five, then we'll just run a deload to where we'll decrease weights um, and whatnot. And then, or decrease the amount of weight and amount of volume that they're doing. And then start over on a new block in week one around like an RP eight or nine again with new exercises. And that's how I always traditionally ran it. I don't like that as much anymore. And I'm transitioning most of it just to Mm -hmm. be more of like week one of each block is essentially the deload. Right. So like week one, we're learning new exercises. Like you've got a list of exercises that are all new from the old block. Um, so when we go into that first exercise or that first week and you're you're doing these new exercises, we're just going to start you, let's say, around like an RPE, maybe like a six or a seven or so, mm-hmm. just to get the movement down, get comfortable <laughs> with the exercise, the intensity is not super high. And then on a week to week basis, maybe we'll run a four week block. And each week we're increasing weight, we're adding more reps, we're maybe adding an additional set or two here or there and whatnot. And so um <clears throat> Your volume is increasing. Your fatigue is increasing throughout that block. Then once you get to the end of the block, four or five weeks in, now we set you up with a new block with new exercises. And then again, we go in and we learn those exercises in week one around an RP six or seven, and then we increase them over time. And so you're basically just wave loading your intensities, which is automatically installing that deload to be at the first week of each of each block that you're doing. And I like that strategy it just makes a lot more sense. I don't know why I didn't always do that before, but that's where I've been transitioning everything. It just makes a lot more sense to automatically um, include it that way as opposed to like, okay, here's your deload at the end of the four weeks where you're going to decrease the amount of weight you're using by 30% and only do two sets instead of three. It, it just makes more sense. It's more productive in my opinion. I
1: agree dude and I don't know why like with the traditional de-load, I don't know why that's not the standard because I've been doing doing that a lot more with clients as well like the intro week where we add new movements like the first week of doing a new movement you're not going to get a ton out of it unless it's a very simple movement so it makes sense like we'll do like hey we're going to maybe do two to three sets across the board typically still three sets I don't cut back volume that much and we're going to do three RIR right and all these new movements this is basically your intro week and then next week we'll be pushing harder and I I agree I think that a lot
0: so that makes more sense yeah i agree that's how um that's how i i'm still running um that app with paul and running that yoke squad training and that's how it's programmed in then too and it just it works way better cool
1: all right chas should you eat fruit
0: post-workout I like how you said my name before you asked the question <laughs> 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 should you eat it post-workout yep. i mean if you like fruit it's a it's a fast digesting carbohydrate, which would be super smart to eat post-workout. In my opinion, it's going to get into your bloodstream quicker. It's going to replenish, um, glycogen stores as well as potentially bring down cortisol levels. So, um, it's like short answer. It, it's not a very complex thing to dive into. I'm sure Jeremiah's got all sorts of scientific things <laughs> that he'll dive into after I finish answering, but, but yeah, so you're, at post workout you 're generally looking for like a fast digesting carbohydrate um, just to replenish glycogen stores decrease blood, the cortisol response to promote better recovery so um fruit's great things like I like cereal with like a, a with some whey protein mixed in there, different things like that but yeah fruit could be a a good choice if if that 's something you enjoy one hundred percent
1: i agree i think that I would almost say like this isn't something I would want most people to think about. Yeah. Same. Get carbs, get protein. Um, okay. So that said, from my understanding of it, fructose is going to be shuttled to replenishing liver glycogen, um, less so than like your muscle glycogen. So it could now I'm not confident in this answer, Cause also like I've seen Paul Carter talk about, he has like a pretty chicken banana post-workout. Mm-hmm. So I think really like, and I mean, when it comes to like replenishing muscle glycogen, it's basically just like a, as long as you're not training again later in the day, as long as you get your carb totals from some relatively diverse sources, like within the next 12 to 16 hours, you'll still get yeah. the same effect, right? Like you don't honestly like post-workout, I think carbs make the most sense for like dropping cortisol levels. Um, But we don't necessarily like, and like nutrition, nutrient partitioning will probably be a little bit better, but from like a strictly like, we need carbs ASAP. So I should rephrase that from a perspective of like, we have to have carbs ASAP to replenish muscle glycogen stores. Like it's probably not, there are other reasons it's important. And I think it's still smart to bunch a bunch of carbs post-workout, but like from a muscle glycogen store perspective, like really as long as we get adequate carbs over the next like 12 to 16 hours, 24 hours, whatever it is before you train again, you're in a pretty good place. Um, so basically I don't really have an answer to that. It's fine. Yes. I would eat fruit post-workout. Um,
0: I think the best answer to it, like, I I think that we're on the same page here. Like I I wouldn't really worry about it too much. Like it's not going to be a make or break in terms of your progress or like how you're feeling in any way, as long as you're hitting your carbohydrate intake and getting carbs in before your next training session, probably going to be good.
1: What is your favorite fruit?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. I really I don't eat this one the most because it's it's more carb dense and I'll just eat the crap out of it. And it kind of hurts my mouth when I eat too much of it. But pineapple,
1: pineapple's hella good, dude.
0: I love pineapple, dude. Pineapple and I and when I'm dieting, obviously the go-to is watermelon. Like I got eat a shit ton of oh, watermelon yeah? when I'm dieting. Oh yeah, just it's for it's the volume. So
1: good, dude. I've been fucking with prunes lately. I don't know what it is. <laughs> really? not, sounds like yeah. an old
0: person. I it is. <laughs>
1: that's what I know. That's what old people do to make themselves poop.
0: Yeah. But yeah,
1: yeah. dude, I, I, prunes are hell good. I've been just smashing on some prunes as of late. I don't know what it was, but I just saw a bag of prunes. My mom used to always like when we were shopping. For some reason, my mom would like get us prunes to eat. Really? we were, like, going, I don't know why. Um, I don't
0: know if I've ever had a prune before. I don't think I've I'm ever tried them in
1: my opinion. Dude, they're pretty good. I have
0: to try it. My wife brought home grapefruit the other day. I don't know mm-hmm. why she follows like this recipe do you know clean simple eats have you ever heard of them yeah they're like a yeah so they um they're out of utah actually but my wife does like sponsored stuff with them and like works with them they send us free protein and their meal uh what are they called recipe books and everything so she's always doing mm-hmm. their recipe books she brought home grapefruit the other day and tried to get me to eat grapefruit with my dinner and it was absolutely terrible you like grapefruit
1: i don't i'm surprised you never tried like, it before though i like it's fine
0: I've had it, but, like, I've, I tried it, like, way back in the day. My grandpa used to always eat it on, like, a grapefruit diet when he was losing weight. Like, there was this diet where he eat, like, grapefruit, like, three times a day. <laughs> so, I'd tried it before, but she brought it home, and it was, I hate grapefruit. Katie
1: loves grapefruit, and my dad really? loves grapefruit. Yeah, you, my family has, like, those little, like, grapefruit spoons where they have, like, the jagged yeah. edges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, always, I would always just fuck my teeth up on those eating some cereal when I was a little kid, but, really? uh, yeah. My grandpa
0: used to, my grandpa used to um, drink vodka with, with grapefruit juice. Try that.
1: Have you ever had like a, what is it? A Greyhound? Grapefruit vodka is not bad, dude. I like it,
0: honestly. Really? I've never, well, I've had it, obviously. Like I've, I've, like it's been around my family, so I've tasted it. I don't know the name of it. I didn't know there was like an actual name for it. So that's an actual drink.
1: There's like a drink that's, I believe it's vodka, grapefruit juice, and a couple other things. It's honestly pretty good. I don't remember if it's a Greyhound or a
0: Walmart, but I wouldn't know. I'm, I'm not, a not I'm not cultured with, with the types of drinks. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <sure laughs> <guys>. Cool. <laughs> uh, you want to make
1: this two episodes?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's, uh, let's do another one. Thank you all for listening. There will be another, we drop, I usually drop these back to back. I don't know how Me Jeremiah too. does it, but I drop these back to back. So this is going to be episode number one. Um, in a couple of days, there'll be another one dropping on mine as well as on Jeremiah's too.